0: There are so many reasons that people immigrate to this country. One is to escape extreme poverty. In this episode, I speak with Luki Canales, whose mom gave her up for adoption in hopes that another family would be able to keep her daughter alive and provide a life that she never could. But the sacrifices don't stop there. I'm honored to have Luki as a guest because she tells us not only about her journey, but how she gained her independence and is now giving back. Welcome to the Latina Empowerment Project. Today I'm speaking with Luki Canales, founder and owner of Nutri Muscle Meals. Hi, Luki. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm super excited to talk to you um, for lots of reasons. You have a, a really awesome backstory, but then also you're so sink and young and you already have your own company.
1: Um, <laughs> but let's get started from the beginning. You, you told me you were adopted. Um, tell me a little bit about that. I was born in Peru. Uh, my mom was really young when she had me. She was about 14 years old. God, so God. because of you know the age and how Peru is, the poverty, so she decided her best way for me was giving me out for adoption. And to be honest, it's one of the most greatest things that she has ever done for me. Uh, I keep in touch with her as well as my other siblings. So it's kind of great for me to be the one in the family helping them, um, especially with what's going on right now with the whole COVID, uh, things like that, how our economy in Peru is going on. There's no jobs or such things like that. So it was definitely the right call for her to do that.
0: How did you find
1: your mom or were you always in touch with her? I knew I was adopted because I found some papers when I was like 14, 15 years old. of, ado- oh. of adoption. And I think my parents wanted me to, wanted, you know, just wait, wanted for me to be a little older for them to tell me that I was adopted. But, you know, things happen and I found out way before that. Anyways, I looked her up on Facebook and I saw a picture of her daughter And she looked exactly like me. And it was just like looking in a mirror, the picture. And I was like, oh my God, this could be her. (laughs) I actually flew back to Peru with my dad. And we went on a little quest of finding her. She was working at the time in a mine. Oh my gosh. And it was just hard to get in touch with her. So we had to travel for about like two, three weeks trying to find her, to even find a location where she was located.
0: So are your adopted parents, are they Peruvian as well?
1: Yes, they are Peruvian. Yes, we came here when I was 10 years old. (laughs) I remember the first day of school, uh, my teachers, I was in elementary school, I was in fifth grade and my teachers were asking me questions and the only thing I knew was how to say yes. That's all I knew. So <laughs> the whole day I was just saying yes. Oh yes. <laughs> Especially
0: when you don't know. That's good that you were so positive at the time, given that you didn't speak it.
1: Yeah. Well, my parents adopted me when they were 43 years old. So when we came here, they were already in their late 50s. Okay. So for them, learning English was really hard. Um, until this day, my parents are not fluent in English. What amazes me about my adoptive parents, which I call them parents since they are the only parents I've ever known. Yeah. They left a very secure, a very fulfilling life in Peru to give me a better opportunity here. And that's one of the sacrifices I think every parent has done for their kids to come here to this country. My mom was a teacher and my dad was a... um, financial analysis and Peru. So they left everything to be here in this country to give me a better chance at life. So when they got here, my mom started working in um, retail. So she started working in Marshalls. My dad worked at a, at a family uh, furniture store, repairing store. And that's as much as they could do since the language was always a, a barrier.
0: Right. And I mean, oh, and so when you came to the United States, what part of the country were you living in?
1: We came to Virginia. We were in Sterling, Virginia. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so, I mean, that's definitely not the cheapest part of the world to live in. Um, and it not. sounds like, you know, those jobs are probably not super high paying. So, I mean, how did you guys get
1: by? We were lucky enough to be with uh, a couple of my family members. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did live in a basement for a couple of years. Then we moved to a, um, an apartment.
0: Your parents estimated that to be a better situation than what was going on in Peru. So like what, yeah, like how would you describe what have, would have been different about your life in Peru versus what, you know, the new life was in, um, in the United States, that the United States was a better situation?
1: Well, I think my parents knew that the life here was much better, or at least, you know, the whole idea of the American dream that everyone dreams about. That that's the reason why many of us Latinos come to this country mm-hmm. is to reach the American dream at the end of the day. But I, things were really different, to be honest. Like I remember being 10 years old, having my own room, having my own, my own place or myself having a playroom and we had a house we could travel often and it was just different. Once we got here, that whole traveling, the whole, you know, having my own room disappear. Right. So right. it was definitely but a big change in my life. For sure.
0: You know, as Latinos, we just feel like well, we don't want to be limited. Um, You know, I think sometimes in central america maybe this is the same the truth in peru but it's almost like you have a cap that you you know if you were born in a middle class you're going or low middle class or low income that's where you're always going to be regardless um and just not having that ceiling here i mean that sort of would you agree that that was somewhat of a difference
1: yes i knew my parents knew that do whatever i would do in life i was never going to live a peaceful life um you know, living in Peru, all the crime going on, it's just mm-hmm. really dangerous, yeah, and things were changing around the neighborhood that we used to live in. There was a lot of crime, there was just too much uh, before we came to this country. I remember we got robbed yeah, they just wanted they just wanted a much better life for me at the end of
0: the day. you know what your biological mom and her family, you know what they're going through in their I mean mining's an incredibly difficult and dangerous environment yes. to be in, um, and so you have the opportunity to send money back. Is that right to help them? Yes,
1: yes, so I currently before the whole pandemic, I was actually helping my brother um, through college trying to help him pay his classes through college because I knew that you know he's a little older, so he can take care of the whole family at least. My job as the older sibling, as the older sister, is to at least get one of them to help everyone else.
0: You're 23. I usually wouldn't call that out except for that is super young in that um, you already own your own business. So how did you manage that? I like to be self-sufficient.
1: Yes. I like to build my own things. I like to go live my life my own by myself, but I also like to help other people. Mm -hmm. Especially about, you know, the Latino community trying to help them, trying to pay them what they should get paid. Day one was when I moved out and my husband and I we knew we we couldn't start eating out every day, every single night. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So we knew that wasn't yeah, we knew that was expensive, but I also knew I was really tired from cooking every single day. Especially I worked in the bank at the time and I was just really exhausted. We decided to prep our meals, you know, just pack them, make them healthy here and then. And uh, my husband's actually a personal trainer. So he will take his meals to work. And then his clients would be like, where are you getting these meals? They look so Uh fulfilling. Where where are you getting them? You know, what Uh is the meal prep company that you use? One of them said, I'm using X company, but they're all the way in Ohio. So he started telling them, my wife makes them. So that's where we got the idea of opening our own meal prep service, delivering to local people here. And that's where we are now. (laughs) That's amazing. So it
0: really is just sounds like it's spread through word of mouth and just doing what you know how to do and
1: doing it well. Correct. (laughs)
0: That's that's a really great story. Because I mean, it's not like you you know, had to go out and find a bunch of investors and come up with some crazy plan. It was, I mean, that really does sound like, I don't know, you're pretty scrappy in getting it done.
1: (laughs) But I guess, you know, yeah, I mean, that's what makes us Latinos. You know, we find ways wherever there is, whatever we have in front of us, we make it work. You know, that's one of the things that I actually admire about my parents that they do whatever it is, whatever they need to do. You know, if you need me to build something, I'm hands on deck. If you need me to start washing dishes, I'm hands on deck. If you need me to do something else, paperwork, I'm all about it. You know. Oh. And I think awesome. that's what makes us who we are—the Latino community. We just do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm.
0: Just do what it takes. Thanks again, Luki. I appreciate your time.
1: Thank you so much, Valerie, for having me. Uh
0: huh.